0: all right i'm dave rubin we are on location in miami i am with alex lloyd co-author of the little bitcoin book why bitcoin matters for your freedom finances and future we're obviously in the right city for that so lloyd why does it matter you know
1: we um uh, this, we came at this book from a human rights perspective. Uh, one of my co-authors, um, Alex Gladstein, is the Chief Strategy Officer of the Human Rights Foundation. And um, there were a lot of books out there about the technical nature and the financial nature of why Bitcoin's important. This one really gives more a socio-political aspect. Um, why everyday people are going to, uh, Bitcoin is going to be important to them. And that's kind of the angle we took.
0: So we talked about this a little bit at dinner last night. I mean, basically you think Bitcoin will, will sort of free people as these systems around us kind of go down. Is that fair to say?
1: Um, I think what it is, it's, it's a, a democratization of capital. If you think of the history of how um, individuals got more power in the world. Um, it started with democracy. There's a lot of steps here, but democracy as a political system. Um, I think you know another step that you might think of is uh, freedom of speech and the internet, which let anybody be a publisher and a creator. And I think Bitcoin is the next step, which is people um, can be their own banks and have their own individual freedom. Um, Whereas the internet in a way was a way to let any two people exchange ideas and information. And Bitcoin is gonna be a way that any two people can exchange value. And that's um, a big part of this book.
0: So since most of my audience is pretty tech savvy, but not everybody, for the person that's watching this right now that has no Bitcoin, they've heard the word Bitcoin. They're like, what the hell is Bitcoin? It's not backed by anything. What is this thing? Give me me the Q&A portion of this, because you guys end this, chapter six is all a Q&A about sort of the basics. I
1: I think if you think of, um, as Americans, a lot of people don't understand the privilege we have in terms of the amount of um, resources, financial resources, banks, credit card, Apple Pay, all these systems that, you know, uh, PayPal that let us exchange value between people. But um, billions of people across the world don't have any such technology. They probably will never have a bank account. And Bitcoin is a way for them to, in a way be their own bank and in an unstoppable way exchange value with anybody across the whole world. And I think that's the, the message that, um, that that really makes Bitcoin not this crazy trading scheme or you know you know a lot of um, people think it's just like a Ponzi scheme, but this is if you think about it it's a way for people, billions of people to exchange uh, and store value without having any government or company involved in it. And that's a very powerful idea.
0: What about the other cryptos? Where do they fit into this, the other coin? Um,
1: this book is really focused on Bitcoin. I think there's a place for a lot of other types of technology. And Bitcoin is an evolving thing. There's going to be other things that graft onto it, like the Lightning Network. So um, there'll be, you'll be able to do millions or billions of transactions a day. But Bitcoin in and of itself is really the, the, the preeminent way to store value in exchange. It was really designed in an amazingly smart way and the book goes into why it's different from um, any previous uh, type of money.
0: Can you explain the difference between why you would use Bitcoin to store versus necessarily using it as what you're buying with basically Um, all the time?
1: Well, I think that as it stands now, Bitcoin is probably not the best way to buy things just because there's uh, millions of other uh, easier ways to exchange value if you're in uh, in the United States or Europe or um, you know a company that has a banking system. But um, what we have seen is um, there are uh, human rights advocates throughout the, the world who live in dictatorships and um, they have no way of safely storing anything that they create in terms of value. Mm-hmm. And um, if they store cash under their mattress, that can get taken. If they have money in their bank account, that could get taken by the the government by fiat and um, but what's even worse, a lot of countries have a, a hyperinflation so that's just the insidious way of stealing money from people without them really not- noticing it in the short term.
0: That's kind of where we're going right now. It's
1: possible um, and that's uh, that's yeah. maybe a bigger case for Bitcoin yeah. but Bitcoin is the first way first time that people um, the Human Rights Foundation does um, give grants to, to human rights advocates. Uh, throughout the world, and before it was a multi-step process that took days and was fraught with um, you know, uh, peril in terms of getting them um, capital. And now through Bitcoin, there's really a simple way that we can send uh, people capital and they can use it and store it in a safe way, and that's really never been uh, possible. Right. Before. So basically,
0: Human Rights Foundation, you can find people that are doing good work in some country trying to free people, whatever, whatever it is. And then you can send them Bitcoin, and that way whatever work they're doing that the government is not probably thrilled with, it's theirs and the government technically doesn't even know about it. Exactly. Should we be talking about that right now or?
1: Uh, Like what, the government not (laughs) knowing (laughs) about I think there's a a kind of a misconception that Bitcoin is completely anonymous. It's Mm -hmm. really pseudo anonymous. Um, If a a state actor or even a big corporation wants to find out um, who transferred Bitcoin to whom, um, it can be done. the uh it's harder than just looking at someone's visa or bank account um but i think there are new technologies built on top of bitcoin like the lightning network that mm. for very small amounts will keep it almost like cash where it'll be much harder won't be worth the um, the ab- uh the effort to track.
0: Stuff. how's this all connected to just decentralizing everything you know i mean you know the world i'm in where everybody's worried that if you put a video up that YouTube doesn't like, you're going down. Or if you put a tweet up that Twitter doesn't like, they're gonna get rid of you. Just the general like decentralization. I think idea. this was
1: the proof, the first um, technology that really proved it could work. And um, the designer or inventor of Bitcoin was really smart in terms of creating um, amazing incentive uh, network where uh, hundreds of millions of dollars has been invested in um, the blockchain technology and the, the mining around it. Um, without really any investment from government or venture capitalists. Can, can you,
0: or you give me mining 101 for people that don't get it at all?
1: Um, it, Bitcoin is all about proving that what's in the public ledger uh, is accurate. And uh, there's two parts to that. One is basically proving that having thousands of independent uh, computers um, uh, and people running those computers check to see that that ledger is correct. And then the other is finding new Bitcoin. And that's proving the work that you did enables um, the incentive structure to be set up so that um, Bitcoin
0: can be created. Right. What about when uh, Elon Musk is like, I'm into it, and it goes like this, and then he's like, I'm not into it, and it goes like this. And then that gets um, people all freaked out.
1: I feel like it's, you know, he's having fun. He my, He's a very smart guy. He's created yeah. some really incredible technologies, um, but he's also someone who probably likes to troll a lot on, You think? On (laughs) on Twitter. And um, he also runs a company that is, um, you know, very focused on green, which is Tesla. And, you know, I'm sure he got. Pushback saying Bitcoin isn't green, which I, I think it is because a lot of the, uh, a majority seventy percent of the Bitcoin is mined from renewable so- sources because people are really looking for the cheapest energy when they mine a Bitcoin, and that's
0: typically renewable stuff. Right. But, he, you but know, can you power it by volcanoes? Isn't that what the president of El Salvador will is see. trying to do? I, mean, I, I think, hope it was. Is works. that literally what he's trying to do? Like it seemed like a joke. Well, if you not- think about
1: where um, Bitcoin mining takes place, um, it needs a power source, and if you create a huge um, solar cell in the middle of the uh, Sahara Desert, it's not really valuable energy because you have to then ship that energy right, right. to a city. But if you created a huge green solar um, plant in the middle of the Sahara De- Desert and your output was new Bitcoin, you, that might be a, a, a financially viable situation because you can just email out the new Bitcoin that you create and the output is not a huge cable pumping power, it's just some numbers.
0: Right. For the somebody watching this that's like, all right, I didn't know much about it before, I got some basics here, uh, where, where do they start with all this? Do you want them to, I mean, do you send them to a wallet to start, like where do you, do you exchange? Where, where do you send um, people?
1: There's a lot of different ways, and I think the, um, everybody is going to have a different approach. You can go to, to like a uh, you know, stored wallet, like Coinbase. You can also have an app on your phone where you store stuff. Um, you could have a, a USB stick where you store stuff. And I think the, the major difference, and maybe a lot of people don't wrap their head around it, is that you're your own bank. So that gives you a lot of freedom, but then it gives you some responsibilities because you, know, you, don't, you have to be the person who creates the wall around your privacy and um, you have responsibilities when you get that freedom.
0: So that stick that I have in a safe, and the password and all that, I can't lose that, right? You can't that's, lose that's that. That's the key to this thing, don't lose the password. And you don't, don't wanna post
1: your password. Don't and post Don't have it on the back of your computer written there and then you take a, a selfie and then everybody can see it because then the Bitcoin's gone.
0: I'm gonna have to scribble that down. Yeah. Um, all right, I wanna to talk to you about one other thing which is that you basically were the were the first big guy in Locals. You, you helped us put this whole thing together and connected us with a ton of investors. You opened up a million doors for us. So I guess my question, is what, what did you see in what we were doing? Because I, you know we talked to a lot of people at the beginning. A lot of people said it's a good idea, but you know, it could be a little dangerous and freeing people and all that. It, it made you know, some people scared, but you were like, let's well, do it. Well, I have this. to
1: admit the f- reason I took a meeting with you is because I was a fan of your work. So I like the way you think and I was like, well, I, I mean, how can, bad can it be? I can meet this guy and it'll be an interesting conversation. But then what you described it in terms of like giving power back to the creator um, and having a system where it's, I think, unfortunately, a lot of times um, in our society, there's big tech companies that have gotten a little bit too much power. And I really liked your kind of David versus Google Goliath approach yeah. to things. And, you know, when I make a decision to invest in a company, it's really about the team. And your team with Asaf is, was really impressive. And uh, the technology um, we're building was right on what I thought could work. And then it's proven really to be. True and I have seen so many creators thrive on your platform, you know, they can quit their day job and just yeah. be on, on Locals and have an amazing life and just continue to create and that's impossible on other platforms. So, you know, uh, I think I've been proven right that, you know, investing in you and your team has been a really good thing.
0: What's the funnest part of doing this? Like watching these companies grow and, you know, you've, you've had some nice wins. I love entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. I think they're all a little bit crazy. They take these crazy risks and it's really amazing to see it pay off. Um, they, you know they, uh, no sane person wants to be an entrepreneur, but it's that good kind of crazy like you know, taking on these intractable problems mm-hmm. and, and building something. Um, and to me that's the most fun. It's yeah. the human aspect. And you know, I am kind of a computer geek. I love all the, the technology aspects of it. I mean, I, I'm a science fiction fan, and I, I love the idea of like, kind of seeing how sci-fi will play out in the real world and you know, what are the trends that are gonna work on, uh, have impact on society.
0: We're basically in the dystopian future right now.
1: Sometimes, you know, I think we live in the simulation because yeah. this craziest stuff is happening.
0: So my last question for you, we're in Miami. You moved to Miami. So you're, yeah. you're a case of, you lived in San Francisco. How, how long did you live in San Francisco? Like Twenty years. years. Yeah, 23 years. You just moved here in the last year. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids, thriving here. You think I'm nuts we're not leaving yet?
1: Um, you know, take your time. In Miami will still be here, but you know, definitely move here before your IPO.
0: True wisdom from a great man and a great investor, Alex Lloyd, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Nice.